0: I've been sober for 14 years. Wow. Um, And so a lot of that for me is having a close knit group of people that are already caught up on my life. So I don't have to like explain a backlog of like my own shit to somebody new Yeah. uh, and checking in on folks. I just kind of stay busy with things that bring me joy, that bring me happiness. I journal for sort of like life tracking. And I also journal because Our brains don't think in a linear way. By putting pen to paper, I can often kind of get to the point. I've also found that by like documenting things, I can then say like, I have a place for this. So if I start ruminating on a thought, I can say, you know, like that's already been written down and we can come back to that later.
1: Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. We're bridging the gap between mental health, wellness and rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Hey, are you feeling a little stuck in life? I offer wellness coaching sessions. Book a session with me if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead. Sessions are available worldwide. And check this out. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We've simplified your shopping experience and given you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. And did you know, all our Collaborative Resource Hub interviews air on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to Stay in the Loop. Go immerse yourself in the full Collaborative Resource Hub experience over on our website. You'll have access to helpful resources that will inspire and educate you. So let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer. Nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Sean, thank you so much for being here. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? I
1: am doing pretty well. I might murder my cat because he's driving me nuts. So, if there's a cat in this interview, my apologies.
0: <laughs> we're 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 pretty uh, pro cat at the uh, at, at Middle Age Queers headquarters. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like a lot of our artwork centers around our friend's cat
1: yeah it's um (laughs) the cat with the chef's hat for the gary's making biscuits right
0: yeah yeah it's actually a a really good friend of our ours named bopa uh she has a cat that adopted her named gary um and and he is constantly making she was posting videos um for years of this cat making biscuits on her yeah (laughs) but and uh we we created a whole song and now we're putting out a picture disc uh, to commemorate Gary, um, yeah, she that's she awesome. does a, a a 501c3 nonprofit that uh, feeds homeless Oaklanders uh, in the middle of the week because there's not that many services that happen during the week that are usually on weekends.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That's super cool. I'll I'll get the link from you because I want to link that with this interview so it's available for people. To oh, okay, cool. See. Um, so for people who don't know your band, middle-aged queers, how would you describe your music?
0: Rock and roll. Yeah. Um, all of us have played in various different subgenres of punk rock bands. Nikki, our drummer, uh, she played in, uh, Shutters and Josh was in Fang. He was in one incarnation of Yafit, Co- or not Yafit, Co- he was in one version of, of, of Flipper, uh, a short lived iteration of Flipper. Uh, he also was in the Insaints, saints which if you look up the InSaints saints history in Berkeley, it's very wild and very sordid. Uh, our guitarist, Mag, was in yafikoto Kodo. Uh, he was also in Bread and Circuits and a bunch of other stuff. And I was in The Cost, okay. uh, which was one of the last bands that was on Lookout before Lookout uh, shuttered. Uh, and prior to that, I was in a band called Wetnap. Cool. So we, we all kind of met, uh, we all actually met via a Facebook post we all had Josh Levine in common our bassist and he just threw out like who wants to start a middle-aged queer core band yeah um and a bunch of people responded and then when it came time to actually show up then it was us
1: that's awesome and you guys you get along and you vibe on each other and the music's killer and it all works
0: I mean sometimes we're like oil and water but like that's what happens when you get four people that are uh, a little bit older, uh, That's, with yeah. strong opinions. Um, but for the most part, you know, like when we, when we form as Voltron, uh, <laughs> you know, things are, are very effortless. I've never yeah. been in a band that, uh, manages to write so easily record so easily. Um, if only record pressing times were faster, cause we have like 20 recorded songs and only eight of them are out on vinyl. So- <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, supply chain pandemic. Meh, I don't. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I like that. That you guys were the ones that it was like meant to be, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. So changing gears, we talk about music for like this long, and then cool. totally change gears. What does well being or wellness mean to you?
0: It's a combination of a few things. You know, physical health health is is something that I think first comes to mind for a lot of folks. Um, my relationship with that has been an ongoing journey. I'm currently kind of under the mantra of like, fit is not a body type. So I, I, I work out at a local gym uh, here in Oakland uh, called Rad Fit, Radically Fit, that centers centers itself on uh, BIPOC FEMS, um, but all are welcome. And the whole idea of this space is that it, it kind of works to to kind of undo a lot of the the toxic Western masculinity that a lot of us just have by being Americans. And moving around, like moving around and doing stuff with your body feels good, mm-hmm. you know, like in turn, I can sleep better in turn when I am on stage bouncing around for 30 minutes to you know, an hour. I'm not in pain the next day. So things like that. Then, you know, mental health, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly hard to find any sort of like mental health care in the United States, unless uh, you are uh, able to pay for it out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, that becomes such a huge, such a huge wedge for so many people. I generally do a lot of like mutual aid stuff, so I, I'm involved in a lot of 12-step groups. Yeah. Uh, I've been sober for 14 years. Wow. Um, and so a lot of that for me is having a close-knit group of people that are already caught up on my life. So I don't have to like explain a backlog of like my own shit to, you know, somebody new and checking in on folks. And that kind of got reinvigorated at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, a lot of my stuff now, no longer... Deals with the physical or mental cravings for drugs and alcohol. A lot of my stuff now is around other people um, and wanting to please people and and control situations so that I feel safe. Yeah, um, and that's really flared up during the pandemic. <laughs> Um, Are you, you so
1: are you working on like um, healthy boundaries, for example, being able to say no or stuff like that?
0: Yeah. I mean, in a lot of this stuff at first, you know, right, right before the pandemic hit, I I thought to myself, I need to go to Al-Anon. And so I started doing Al-Anon, which is a 12-step program. It's kind of the, the sister program to AA. Um, And it was the first, it was the first mutual aid peer support group that kind of came about because of alcoholics Mm -hmm. um because of alcoholics and after a while in Al-Anon uh I kind of stumbled upon ACA uh which more addresses my needs than
1: okay what's ACA
0: adult children of alcoholics
1: ah gotcha okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I guess I could see that being a little more like honed in more specific than just Al-Anon
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I was talking to another uh, sober punk rocker and I won't, I won't divulge their name because of anonymity, but uh, they were saying, you know, when I first got exposed to AA, it was this, this thing about the steps that, that everybody could have access to, but, but not a lot of people thought that they qualified for it. And that once he found things like Al-Anon and ACA, just by very nature of, of being a human and living on a planet and having people who have power over you, uh, that everyone could kind of qualify for ACA or Mm Al-Anon.
1: Um,
0: and, and being able to kind of extend what I learn in, in those programs to my, my relationships with other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you have, like, was there like, um, kind of a defining moment where you realized, you know, 14 years ago, I guess that you kind of needed to take better care of yourself and prioritize yourself more.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was pretty low bottom. So, um, you know, I was homeless living out of a duffel bag and vomiting blood. It, it really, th- there couldn't be another sign that things were more uh, dire. Um, I ended up doing a uh, detox program at in San Francisco. It's a two week detox program where it's, it's basically a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you medication to kind of wean off whatever you've been on. Uh, and then from there, I went to a program in the avenues of San Francisco called Acceptance Place, which was a um, queer male identifying 90 day program. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I got, I got housed for like a quarter of a year and uh, found employment moved straight from there to, uh, an apartment.
1: That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, my, my trajectory was actually really good. Uh, yeah. most folks, I mean, you know, like my best friend that I met in, in that program, uh, died a few years ago. Um, you know, there's not, I'm very grateful to be one of the people who, who made it. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's not something that everyone gets to recover from.
1: It's true. But you, I mean, you made good choices for yourself and you put work in and had the intention of wanting more. So, I mean, you, you worked towards it, you know, right?
0: Right. You know, and I I think that that's one of the underlying things that, that sort of, that's a a common thread from people with long-term sobriety is that they didn't stop. It wasn't like a, all right, I'm done.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, when I, when I hear of people coming back after having some time and then relapsing, the the stories generally sound the same, you know, like I stopped going to meetings. I didn't have a sponsor anymore. You know, I, I decided that smoking pot would be okay. And then it turned into whatever. And no, no judgment to people. There are people out there who manage to do that just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and they turn out okay. Um, I, I am pretty certain that I'm not one of those people. Yeah. And for folks that can after a little bit and, you know, control their drinking, like my hats are off to them. Right. You know?
1: But yeah, I, not everybody has that, uh, like that chemical ability to, to jump back in and just kind of like skim on the surface like
0: that. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that I think is, is unfortunate is that we kind of deal with things as black and white. And there really isn't a there really isn't a program out there at least none, none that I know of that that gets people into healthy uses of substances. Um, there's harm reduction, and people can navigate that pretty well. But it's not where courts send you. Courts uh-huh. send AA,
1: uh-huh. and AA
0: isn't really equipped to deal with you know people who may be having momentary issues. And it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's what we got. Um, yeah.
1: So aside from 12 step programs and just that community kind of support, is there anything else then or even, you know, now that really helps you feel balanced and, you know, fulfilled and like in control, but not to a fault, you know, of, of your life.
0: Yeah. I, I, I live, um, I live in the Fruitvale neighborhood of Oakland or the Fruitvale district, I guess I grew up not too far away from here. Um, there is something really nice about having a community that I feel grounded in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I know all of my neighbors. My sister lives downstairs from me. We've got two friends that live in our backyard that, in studio apartments. Yeah, just- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like I have this nice little like community here, um, I've got my community at the gym. I play in another band uh, and we share a practice space with middle-aged queers. And so I, I just kind of stay busy with things that, that bring me joy, that bring me happiness. I volunteered a lot more pre-pandemic um, because I have a, a one-year-old nephew downstairs who can't get vaccinated. Uh, the sort of direct service work that I was doing, volunteering doesn't really happen as much, but I uh, volunteered a lot with uh, St. Anthony's, which I used to work at, which is the oldest uh, social services nonprofit. In San Francisco, oh wow, uh, the AIDS Housing Alliance. I uh, did some work for them, and I'm currently serving on the board for uh, Holden High School, which is a alternative high school here in the East Bay. That, for the most part, the student population is is folks who otherwise wouldn't have graduated from standard high schools, public high schools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm an alumni, and now I'm a board member, and. Uh, our population of students is is a lot of queer or uh non-binary students a lot of trans students and that that's been it's been a lot of trans students since i was in my teens as a student there okay we we jokingly refer to it as the punk rock academy um because like Eggplant from Blatz used to teach guitar and Kamala from Kamala and the carnivores used to teach math. And the woman who runs the Bob Festival, the International Punk Rock Festival is is one of the directors. So, you know, it's, there's this, this legacy of there's 40 years of cool ass punk rockers coming out of that school or teaching at that school.
1: That's awesome. That's cool. Here's an advert in less than 20 seconds. Did you know that Wellness Provisions offers one-on-one wellness sessions? Yep. So if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead in life, but feeling a little stuck, then book a session and let's get you unstuck. Now back to the interview. Is there anything that you do, um, like getting into nature or journaling or things like that that help you kind of feel centered and bring you back into yourself?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, every morning before I get out of bed, I think to myself five things that I'm grateful for, yes. um, and oftentimes they're the same stuff, right, but it's okay because I'm still grateful for them, um, so I'll, I'll think of five things that I'm grateful for. I journal as well, mm-hmm. um, and I journal, I journal for sort of like life tracking, and I also journal because our brains don't think in a linear way. And by putting pen to paper, I can often kind of get to the point. I've also found that by like documenting things like pen to paper, I can then say like, I have a place for this. So if I start ruminating on a thought, I can say, you know, like that's already been written down and we can come back to that later.
1: And that helps you like to get lose those thoughts that are consuming or maybe do they produce anxiety for you otherwise?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, being, uh, being a survivor of, of, uh, abuse, um, and being, uh, someone who was out on the streets for as long as I was, I, my brain is now kind of hardwired to think of every possible bad outcome and how to solve it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'll have like a list of hundred, a hundred things that could go wrong in different directions and how I'm going to try and fix any of those. Yeah. Um, And none of them ever happen, right? Right. Like anything that I can think of won't actually be reality. But I find that if I just kind of go like, this is what's going on and I feel and my part in it is that that I can kind of take accountability for the situation and go like, all right, well, let's see what happens next, you know? Yeah. Ultimately, I have really no power in it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, but that's the thing is like our brains were either stuck on the past or just worried and, you know, creating scenarios in the future and the things never happen. And so, yeah, yeah it's detaching, like releasing that need to uh, control, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So much of it is trying to have some semblance of control
1: mm-hmm.
0: when really it's, that's just an illusion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you ever do like, um, you know, like affirmations or do you do anything like that to kind of keep yourself, you know, stable?
0: Yeah. I'm, so I had a lot of like negative self talk from my teens into my 20s. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I was just, you know, especially right after I got sober, I was just absolutely tired of listening to my brain talk shit about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there would be a thought that would kind of come into my mind of like, I'm such an idiot. I hate myself. I want to die. Um, and every time that that comes in, into my brain, then out loud, I would say like, I love my life. And I still, to this day, occasionally will just be like, I love my life. And, you know, every once in a while I'll get like kind of looks from people, but whatever. I'm saying that I love my life. Yeah. Um, there's something about actually saying it out loud that mm-hmm. like is louder than my brain. So, totally. Um, and it reached a certain point in my early to mid thirties, where as soon as I started having the thoughts that would produce that negative self-talk, I would instantly say, I love my life before my brain even got a chance to fire up. And that that's been really nice. Um, you know, like there's a, there's an, a me without you song that says, I, I haven't even thought about killing myself in five months and that like that song totally resonated with me the first time i heard it because i was a few years sober and i was like oh yeah i haven't thought about killing myself in ages yeah right. <laughs>
1: yeah that's awesome that's empowering mm-hmm. and and but that's it i mean it's getting so many people to realize that self talk negative self talk plagues a lot of people and getting people to realize that you can wash that negative thought out you know overpower it with something positive it's awesome because it it works and the more you do it that repetition it starts to like rewire the brain yeah
0: right right well and you know so much of like my upbringing was negative consequences so like for whatever reason my brain was like no negative consequences works but negative consequences it may have worked but it was it was the only thing that i knew that worked right so so much of so much of like you know my past 14 years has been just about forgetting what I knew, acknowledging that it happened, sure. right? But like understanding that like, I can pave forward with something different.
1: That's right. You can create new standards, patterns. Yeah, um, there was something that I read basically saying, you know, how your brain is wired to help you survive, not to not to make you happy brain is is wired to get you through difficult situations and then you know when we become adults then I think it's it should be our responsibility for ourselves and our future happiness to then you know be like okay see all that past stuff fuck that this is what I want moving forward and claim it
0: right and I I think you know and here's here's sort of the thing too is that our brains always look for the fastest route to something, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we don't want, we want expeditious, but putting in that work, you'll get there to a point where your brain will start making the connection faster to more positive things. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard at first, you know, but now looking back like to 14 years ago to when I was 27, well, of course I didn't believe that any of this was gonna work. I had 27 years of experience telling me that that's what brought me to the age of 27 you know, but it's, it's hard to kind of, it's, it's hard to gain trust in something different.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you place value on like food? Does that, are you conscious of what you eat? Does it make you feel better?
0: I have a uh, have an interesting relationship with food. So my, my family is, is comfort eaters. Uh, We're, we're big, we're big carb fans. Uh, I joke that, you know, most of my, most of my genetic makeup is Viking DNA. So I'm predispositioned to like, be like, yes, sugar bread. mm, I got to store that for the winter. Yeah. Um, and (laughs) we're also a bunch of gluten sensitive people. I didn't end up with it, but the rest of my family does. And I, I'm pretty sure that it will develop later in life for me. Um, I have been sort of working on uh, can I have a banana instead of a piece of cake this morning? And not that I'm going to deprive myself of cake, but you know, is there a better choice to give me energy throughout the day? Um, I still love to get a piece of pie or a piece of cake, put ice cream on top of it, gobble that in 20 minutes, and then fall asleep from the glucose overshoot. That is... <laughs> That is an excellent way to end the day for me. Um, as far as stuff like meat, um, I've been classifying myself as a freegan more recently. Uh, my okay. husband eats meat. Okay. Uh, when we first started cohabitating, um, I'd been vegetarian for so long that I completely forgot that there was a meat section in the grocery store. So if, if, if it's cooked, if it's free, I'll eat it. I don't go out of my way to consume animal products but so I say I say freegan Um, I get
1: it I get it
0: okay it's 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 a weird thing to balance right like I don't eat fish because I think that we're not supposed to eat them I think maybe in my past life I was a fish I don't know like I just I see fish and I'm like oh why why would I do that
1: Mm mm-hmm I don't even like the, the word fish seafood, pretty like like 99% of seafood. Just, I don't know. It grosses me out for some reason. Like people talk about like, like, "Mm, this is scallops. And I'm just, I don't know. Just any of it just sounds it's gross to me.
0: (laughs) I went on a fishing trip with my grandfather when I was like six, seven years old. And I ended up catching the biggest fish that day. And they were all so proud of me. And I remember getting back to my, my grandparents' house and they cooked it. And I remember it coming out and me just being like, ah, I've got to eat that. And just being horrified, uh, throughout the meal. And it was one of the, you know, like I knew that I had to eat it, but it was, yeah, I think that was the moment in time where I was just like, fish is not supposed to be food.
1: (laughs) At least they didn't make you fillet it or, you know, like cut them open and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was definitely in an age where they weren't going to trust me with a knife. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you take any supplements or anything like that?
0: I do. Um, I take a immune boosting. I think it's actually on my counter. It's like a seven in one like immune system boosting thing. And I also take a uh, NAD supplement. I'm not sure if you're familiar with with those. Mm-mm. Um The idea is that it's supposed to restart your thymine. Okay. It's basically an anti-aging nutraceutical. So when I first started taking it, it was so that my nails could grow back thicker. Um, But I started noticing that like everything was growing back thicker and fuller and that I was suddenly gray hairs were starting to not be as present. So I take that as well. Um, the The brand that I get is called Elysium. Okay, it's highly speculative, right? It's basically they did a they did a lab experiment using a very similar thing in like lab rats or mice or something, uh, and found that the that it extended the the test subject's lifespan by about forty percent. Um, they're not exactly sure what if anything it does to humans
1: uh-huh. at the
0: adjusted dose but i just kind of took it because yeah. it's interesting yeah. um the, the science is there to support it i mean there's no inhuman tests of it but. well
1: and anecdotally if is that a word your yeah. anecdote anecdotal um you know relationship with it i mean it's it's making your you know hairs nails all that stronger
0: yeah i mean if if, if anything if if the If the combating cellular aging uh, that it refers to is just growing back like stronger hairs and nails, cool. Yeah. Um, If I live to the age of 140, also cool.
1: (laughs) Um, Far out. What is your favorite quote?
0: Ah, yes. Um, Right now, it would be the Avengers. I believe in me. I make my dreams real. Um, and the first time I was exposed to that was not through the Avengers. It was from a 15 song. Um, 15 was notorious for throwing in older punk rock songs into their lyrics. And it, it actually, for like a nineties kid, uh, it actually created this like gateway where I could like kind of burrow back in time and discover all these other bands. Um, but every once in a while, like, I get that that line in my head. Like, I have so many things in my life where, like, there are dreams that I had as a teenager or as, like, a homeless 20-something um, that are coming true, you know? Like, I, I, I own a home in my hometown where I live with my sister and some of my friends. Uh, I'm married to my best friend. We have a three zygotes on ice right now that are going to get transferred next year. Um, well, one of them is going to get transferred. I'm not signing up for triplets. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm in a really cool queer punk rock band uh, with musicians that I really like as people, and we have a lot of fun. And, you know, the idea of creating a, like, midlife crisis band is hilarious to me and beyond my wildest dreams back when I was out there so you know that lyric is is still pertinent to me you know 20 something years later
1: yeah do you have um and if you don't or don't want to share that's fine but do you have uh goals you know for your for your future that you're that are kind of now like locked and loaded that you're working towards or just sort of enjoying where you are and just letting it all unfold
0: I mean a little bit of both right like you know when we started middle-aged queers the idea was that we were going to play some house parties and like maybe record a tape that we could pass out to our friends um and we're I know this is going to air afterwards, but we're playing punk rock bowling with MDC. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we have a, another record coming out. We've got an EP coming out. Like what? Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to having like a last hurrah before our kid comes into this world. Um, my husband and I have been putting off kind of doing like a month long, backpacking thing across Europe hopefully we'll get to do it next year uh COVID permitting Uh um you know now I'm kind of at the point where like all the things that that I really really wanted to happen have happened so now everything is just like icing
1: yeah yeah and it sounds like a lot of the a lot of those goals they're just they're deeper value driven kind of things that you wanted in your life so I mean then that's like the foundation for everything so and those are there
0: yeah I mean I I wanted a home that nobody could take away from me Mm -hmm. um and we've got that now and and having it be in my hometown you know I'm I I know that I'm incredibly privileged to be able to buy a home in Oakland um in this this century uh because a lot of my friends who I went to school with you know they're they're pushed all the way out to places like Stockton now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So immensely, immensely grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all been a wild ride, right? Like, and the, the the basic necessities for for so much of what, you know, I basically wanted to create the foundation for things to just happen, the stability for things to yeah. just happen.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so the tagline the tagline for my business is "delay dying." So I like to ask people, um, "What advice would you give to someone to delay dying, or in other words, live happier and healthier?" Aside from taking that that supplement, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll link you to it too if you're yeah. interested. Um, quit your addictions in the order that they're trying to kill you. Um, some of them might be keeping you here right now. I know for me, some of them kept me alive. Um, but that at a certain point they wore out their usefulness. And I try and make it a thing where like it averages out to half an hour a day of some sort of exercise. And that can include walking or going ham and power lifting. Um, I do two or three powerlifting classes a week that are 90 minutes. Wow. Um, And I, I do those because I've watched the the elders in my family, you know, get jobs where they're sedentary, and then retire, and it's not cute what happens to them afterwards. Uh, My grandfather lived to be 99 and a half, and his secret was keep moving no matter what, even if it hurts. fun little story about that. He was 97 years old and he was helping me put a loft in a van that I was about to tour in. And he's crawling out of the back and the rest of my band looks at me like I'm an asshole for not helping my <laughs> grandfather out of the van. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't mess with this guy. He's doing a thing. And he gets out and he dusts himself off and he says, don't get old boys. It's a pain in the neck.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but, you know, so I've, I've gotten to see you know, the, the long-term effects of people staying busy and, and moving even in older age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen the effects of people younger than them being sedentary uh, and people who are, you know, 30 years younger than my grandfather were uh, fall apart really quickly. So yeah, keep moving.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And gratitude just because that's one thing that just, I've picked up on, you know, from this chat is, uh, you just seem very aware, self-aware, and just very thankful for everything that's in your life. And that positivity is so healthy for every cell in your body.
0: Hmm. I've never thought of it that way.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, you know, think about like negative people, every, there's always something wrong. Nothing's ever perfect. You know, they're sick all the time. They complain, but the more you're thankful and grateful, like it changes, it changes your body on a cellular level. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Keep doing (laughs) it. (laughs) I will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, do you guys have anything cool coming up or coming out that you want to share on?
0: Yeah. So we have a picture disc EP It's a four song EP. It's got two songs off of our first record, uh, called two fag for love. And then it's got two brand new songs. It's a hilarious picture disc on the back side of it. We're dressed up like Molly crew. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that should be actually coming out mid to late March. Okay. Um, we have a, another full length coming out on, uh, say 10 records. Uh, and that's called, uh, shout at the hetero we have a little motley crew theme going on in this band uh and shout at the hetero is a seven song 10 inch uh record and that should be coming out sometime in 2022 whenever whenever they can press it uh (laughs) as far as shows um the next big one we're doing i think by the time this this airs i can say anyway uh we're playing December eleventh at the Ivy Room in Albany, California, uh, and we're playing with Year of the Fist, uh, who are awesome. It's their annual Year of the Fistmas party, so they pick a benefiting nonprofit, and all the money goes to that nonprofit. Last year, uh, we did it with them, uh, but we did a, a virtual uh, oh, stream yeah. one, uh, and that was pretty fun. And we're super stoked that they asked us again to to do this year's. So yeah, that's that's what's on the horizon for us. You know, long term, we we hope to hit the road sometime in uh 2022, covid permitting. Hopefully there will be some awesome band that has more clout than us that will be watching this and they'll be like we should take those middle-aged queers on tour with us. Because booking DIY shows and house parties is is a whole new weird thing for me 20 years after.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's you know use the positivity,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm going to manifest it
1: for you too. Yep, that you're going to find an amazing headliner for that tour, and it's going to all come together. Laura call us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sean, thank you so much for making time and chatting and uh, sharing your experiences. I think you offer a lot um just what you've gone through i think it's going to resonate with a lot of people and hopefully inspire them so thank you
0: cool yeah and it, people can find me on all the socials um and if if having a conversation about problematic substance use is something that you want to have i'm more than willing to have that conversation with you
1: cool that's awesome and you're available to help people so good <laughs> all right well enjoy the rest of your day and uh thank you again